Welcome back. Welcome back. Who cares with Avi and Jake. <laughs> As always, um, if you want to see all of our stuff, links to our stuff, you can visit anchor.fm slash who cares pod yep. for links to literally everything. Literally everything we have. Where to watch the pod, where to watch a bitch, <laughs> bitch. where to listen to the podcast. Um, and you know our instagram and stuff we're pretty active mm -hmm. on there we are pretty active on instagram also please send us um episode suggestions on instagram i have people just friends family coming up to me being like oh you guys should do a podcast episode about this about this about yeah. this we're not going to remember we aren't going to remember my so little pea brain can't handle that kind some, of information in text please yes. send us an instagram dm if you would like to give an episode suggestion mm -hmm. of something you want us to talk about yes um in very sad news next episode will be our season finale jake i didn't even realize this until i was reading our outline sadly it is it like <laughs> literally did not i was reading the outline that you like wrote out and i was like oh, you're kidding me yeah i'm moving to school so very very soon i move into school august yeah. 22nd so we're gonna do this episode and then we're gonna record next week's episode and so that'll be the last episode of the season very sad mm. but we will be continuing um up with season two in october yes um we just decided that we're probably gonna need a little break to settle back into school me and jake i gotta be grown-ups for a little bit and settle into our grown-up independent life at college so we decided it would probably be best if we um tried to settle into school first before trying to settle into school and also juggle doing this yep um but, but we have plans we, we do have plans have for season plans. two we, we have, have plans, plans for, for more stuff two. stick around listen to the past episodes boost up our listens while mm -hmm. you're waiting yeah um we just want to quick thank you to everyone who has been listening very the true way we love some you people guys. have yes. somehow listened to all of the hours and hours <laughs> of content we've put out in the world it's so cute um, and we also, going into the future, as we were saying, plans and stuff, we will hopefully be adding a YouTube and, like, a little TikTok like type of situation. I feel like the YouTube is definite. Yeah. Because, definitely obviously, YouTube. me and Abby, if you know anything about us, we go to school very, very far away from each other. Mm. So, I think with season two, we're going to have some video podcast yes. format. We're still going to try and release on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, obviously. Mm -hmm. For those who are just content hearing our voices, yeah. but for those but who want that's more, why, that's why I said watch accidentally earlier. I, yeah. I was I was foreshadowing was it. The, I was thinking ahead. Future. I was thinking ahead. Yeah, but yeah. So thank you again to everybody who's been listening, mm -hmm. and we have more stuff planned. Um, we're expanding our yeah, brand. So. We're expanding the brand, but yeah. we got to take some time to do that and figure shit out. We do have other things going on besides this podcast unfortunately so yeah gotta do that like school oh <laughs> oh oh all but right we're gonna do the current events mm. do -do -do -do. we aren't doing starbucks today sadly we aren't doing starbucks yeah. i'm sorry i didn't I already, have time i know but i do fine. have some tea i have some pure leaf raspberry is it tea. good it is amazing i love oh, this good. flavor well i was gonna say i got a coffee from the gingerbread house um near wakefield lake earlier today really 
it's like oh, i said coffee but i meant an iced chai latte mm-hmm. i don't know why you said coffee i don't know either but girl. literally they make the best chai lattes i had a really good so chai latte good. in the cape because i recently mm. came back from the cape and i got it with oat milk like you suggested yes. yes and it was very good i went with erica today and she meant to get oat milk with it but she said almond milk accidentally <laughs> and she like she literally ordered it and then after she ordered it she turned to me and she said why did I say almond milk? I, I don't like, like almond milk. It's know. too like watery. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't saying? mind it. I definitely prefer oat milk. It tastes better with a chai mm-hmm. latte. But like if they don't have you oat milk, I'll take almond. I take almond. back the word I said I don't like. I just prefer mm, oat milk. Yes. I prefer it. Yes. Let's I'll use our om- good vocabulary, Good Jake. vocabulary. Okay. Sorry to dwell on that. Current events. We have to keep going. We, we have, have to keep, keep going. going. Keep going. Ugh. Keep going. Um, Pete and Kim broke up. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know. Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian were in a very, I don't even want to say like. A whirlwind romance. It really wasn't. It wasn't. It was to me. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't. Like, I, I don't know. Nothing really happened with it. Re- nothing yeah. eventful. The only eventful thing that happened with them was the Met. Like, that was the like their big appearance. The only eventful thing that happened with them was Kanye West freaking yeah, I was about out. To say and that. like, that's not even their relationship. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> If you're not on Instagram, but you listen to the podcast, I'll fill you in real quick. Pete and Kim were together. They met on SNL when um, Kim hosted, Kim hosted yes. SNL, and they did a skit together. But um, Kim's ex-husband, Kanye West, was not very happy about this and mm-hmm. was bullying Pete Davidson online <laughs> constantly, which is That's not a good look for Kanye. That's the best way to describe it, bullying. That's what it was. It, it wasn't is. anything else. It but um, So they broke up. Kanye posted about it saying Skeet Davidson is dead at 28, Mm. which is obviously not very nice. And I've, according to uh, things I've heard, crawling up the grapevine, Mm. Pete Davidson is in therapy for all the abuse that Kanye West has thrown at him, which I don't blame him. Honestly, I don't blame him. So prayers for Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag prayers for Pete. Hashtag prayers for Pete. Um, the next current event is um, Taika Waititi and Rita Ora have um, married. Yeah, I I, inclu- okay, in a I included ceremony. this and I like felt like we had to talk about it because they're such an odd couple to me. They are. They they run me the wrong way. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah, it just like, I don't I don't and I don't mean it in a mean way. I just mean like in a weird what's way. Another, it's on the tip of my tongue. Another like really cringy couple that everybody hates. It's Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello. Oh no, I was that's gonna say Machine Gun Kelly and um, Megan Fox. That's another good one. But they all have the same vibe. Yeah, they're like, something's off. It's like and I don't know what it is. There's <laughs> you know something what vibe wrong with it. It gives me it what? gives me chuggy for some reason. <laughs> I can't Not explain it. But you're right. I can't explain it. I just don't like. Like I can't even fathom like how they met because like Rita Ora is like not making music. She's also not she- relevant. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like because i can't imagine like oh like some celebrities i'm like oh they probably met at like a party or something who is inviting rita or to any like par- press parties like what is she why would she need to be there I don't get it what is she how did she become famous because she's a singer she's a singer there's only one song i like of hers but Whatever. She made a really cringy song that was supposed to, that she I think she was trying to play us as like a bisexual anthem, but it just kind of came off as a little offensive. I had like I have a disdain for her now recently because one of her most recent songs that came out was blatantly like the art of the album or the single was a blatant copy of Rina Sawayama's like mm. um Lucid 
single mm, cover like it yes. was so obvious like people were pointing it out it was painful <laughs> i think it used the exact same font and everything don't copy my girl so, rena do not copy rena so saturn news saturn um, news. moving on from that olivia newton john has passed away at the age of 73 and i'm i'm like i'm extremely sad about it like a lot of celebrity I deaths are like sad but like yeah this is kind of like one that i don't know like i feel like because I, like, obviously watched Grease as a child. As a child yeah. who was in musical theater, I've mm-hmm. watched Grease. And I've, I have recently re I'm recently... I literally watched it yesterday. I watched Xanadu again. I've never seen it. Jake, it's so... It's a musical, right? It's a good... It's a really good musical. Um, It's more about the songs than the plot in a way that's so bad it's good. Like, the plot, I don't... Like, it's, like, just weird mm-hmm. <laughs> but the songs and the numbers are so good yeah and she's so good and so pretty in it uh, i think with like artists or celebrities that or just actresses that are in something that everybody's seen mm. like grease or like yeah same yeah. thing with um oh my god like carrie fisher like everybody's seen carrie yes. fisher in star wars mm-hmm. so i feel like when like somebody like that passes away it just has like a much greater weight because mm-hmm. like everybody kind of like has a little piece of their heart attached yeah. to like their childhood with yeah. Olivia and John, and, and it's kind of like you don't even sad. think about them. Like, and she was such a good person. Away. I know, like she, she didn't have just, any bad she press. Like so she was sweet. like perfect. Like such a good woman, and um, she actually was behind a foundation for breast cancer that she started. Yeah, yeah. So she, that's her legacy. She struggled now. with it a lot. Thirty for a years while, on and yeah. off. <laughs> she, she went in, so she had it three separate times. Mm. She had throughout the nineties, went into remission. In like the early to mid 2000s, got it again, went into remission, and then it came back in 2017. Mm-hmm. So she was a fighter. Yeah, she's a um, rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. Woman. I'm gonna have to rewatch Grease soon because I haven't seen it in a while. Rewatch and Grease it's just a and movie. then watch Xanadu. Valid. That's my completely valid. Yes. I stand with Abby on this one, and Abby is even not even sadder. Just yeah, sad news. In, even I don't know, not an even worse news, but an also sad news. I went to the dentist yesterday and I got my first cavity. Uh, I'm this so is pissed. so surprising that we both got cavities at the same exact time. I know. Twins. Which is weird. Because I feel like we both take really good care of our teeth. I do. That's the thing. Like, literally, like, I thought I was going to be fine. Because when I first came in, like, you know, the technician that comes in yeah, before the dentist. Like the hygienist or yeah, whatever. Yeah, literally, she just kept on being like, you have such beautiful teeth. Your teeth are so yeah. nice. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, my, oh my God. God. And then the like actual dentist came in and she was like looking at my x-rays. They took like a shit ton of x-rays. That happened to me the last time I, I like, went. Like my mouth hurt after it. Like I was like. Oh I hate God. that thing they make you bite on. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. She ad- adjusted it like 50 times. And I was like, please stop. I can't do this anymore. But the dentist came in and she was like looking and stuff. And she was like, so um, you have a cavity. And I was like, oh, you're shitting me right now. And she, she like showed, you know how they like show you and yeah. they're like, it's that well, they didn't right. They show me mine, but they showed mm. me everything else. They showed me it. And I was like, I don't see it. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they that's, show you, you know it. Cause it's you know like, I'm not a dentist. Like you know I can't pick of? that out. It's like, that reminds me of when people show me like a cousin or a family member show me an ultrasound picture and they're like, oh my God, look at the little feet. I'm like, what feet? I'm like, I see nothing here. You just here. gotta nod and smile, Jake. Be I'm like, like, oh my God, so such cute. a beautiful baby. <laughs> me and my cavity. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. <laughs> but yeah, and I'm, I'm extra pissed about it because I have to try to get a filling for it before I leave back to school. 
Ugh. but I'm fucking busy with other shit. I get my filling done the morning I move in. Ooh. Rough. That's rough. Rough. But you know what? After we both now have cavities, I firmly believe that you could clean your teeth as much as you want, but some things you just can't prevent. Okay, I actually have a conspiracy theory about the dentist. Really? <laughs> I think that they do shit to, this is literally like i'm gonna sound like an anti-vaxxer shit i think they like do shit to your teeth that like they do on purpose so they can get more money okay i, think, see, I, I, could, I sounds I could, I, sounds crazy I sort of get on board with mm-hmm. you i think certain like whether it's a dentist or like any sort of like anywhere that you go to that's providing a service i think they're just going to offer you things that you don't yeah. 100% need yeah 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 yeah. They're i like, agree like do you I want agree. this special paste on your teeth i'm like <gasps> stop no. jake literally yesterday she goes oh yeah to prevent any more cavities do you want like a fluoride covering like it's going to be a little bit extra yeah and i was already I, so like it, it might it, help i had but so much anxiety about my cavity that i was like sure F- uh, fucking sure like give me that shit i don't want another cavity who's to say that that is actually gonna do shit? Mm-hmm. What if they're putting more sugar on your teeth to what make it rot even further, are, and then you have to come back? What if they are? All right, this is a conspiracy theory <laughs> that um, we're gonna follow up on, possibly in the season finale yeah. when Abby gets her filling. Back. I don't know if I'm gonna move my filling before that. I have to <gasps> figure out a time, Jake. Girl, you have to call because I, it gets I bigger. That's what they calling. told me. They're like, it'll get bigger if That's you don't come That's what my soon. mom said, and I was like, no. <laughs> I've been so careful that. with like what I've been eating recently because of that. I'm like, I don't want it to get bigger before I get it filled, but. I haven't. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why you have a cavity. <laughs> I brush my teeth, though. Do you floss? Yes. I floss, too. Not floss super often. <gasps> she I called try, me out on it. They I, always do. They always say it. I try, I try for once a day if. I don't, I mean, twice is a little much. Well, now I'm going to start flossing a lot. I don't know. But now we're going to get into the actual content of the podcast episode. Mm-hmm. We're running smooth here. We're running smooth. <laughs> we decided we wanted to talk about Jordan Peele's Nope, which is his, a very good movie yes, that we both recently saw. His third feature film. His third feature film. Um, quick little synopsis. This is going to be the spoiler-free section yeah. of the podcast. Sorry to people who haven't watched it yet. A but majority of this podcast is going to be spoilers. Yeah, a lot of it's going to be spoilers. But definitely watch it and come back if you haven't seen it. Yeah. The, it once the episode's uploaded, it's going to be there forever. So there are no excuses. So as Abby said, it's Jordan Peele's third feature film mm-hmm. after Get Out um, in 2017 and then Us in 2019. I just knew that off the top of my head. Um, I, I was going to say, did you like memorize? No, That's I just impressive. Know it, right? Okay, G. I'm pretty good with years for movies. But, um, I'm awful. So the film follows two siblings, OJ and M. Um, so they, OJ lives on his dad's um, horse ranch. And after his father's passing, he decides to take on the family business, which also includes the horses being used in hollywood Mm -hmm. so he's the horse trainer he brings the horses and then his sister m is also in the film played by kiki palmer the queen herself and she comes in um helping him um in the beginning of the movie with the horse training for a commercial but then an unknown entity arrives (gasps) onto the property and they don't know what it is but then M has the splendid idea that they want to be famous and take Mm -hmm. a picture of this thing and capture a picture of it so they can sell it and um hopefully end up on oprah winfrey yes as um that's their says. like main goal that's the main goal is to end up on oprah winfrey which i can't really blame them because i would love mm-hmm. to be on oprah winfrey so that's basically the gist of the movie i don't want to give too much away for spoilers but i will say um jordan peele is known for horror now 
I will say that the movie gives more of like a Jaws feel. Like that's mm. where it, I, I would compare say it to in like a, sense a thriller that, type of thing. Yeah, it's scary in the way that Jaws is scary, where there's an unknown big thing mm. hunting or whatever hunting people. I guess mm. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but hunting <laughs> hunting the main characters. It's meant to make the main characters feel small. It's yes. sort of the idea that humans are not at the top of the food chain. Yes, which is scary. Um, do you have any thoughts walking out of this film that you want to talk about discussing any cinematography? I, I like walked out of it like immediately loving it. Mm-hmm. Like I gave it a four and a half stars. I don't usually give um, you five. I don't. It. I did. You letter. I letterboxed it. <laughs> of course. I don't usually give something um, five stars the first time I watch it unless I'm like, what the fuck? Like the only film I so gave you update him- ratings. Like back on Letterboxd? If I rewatch it, yeah, I update okay. it. I'll probably, this one will probably be a five stars at some point as well. Just, okay. I really liked it, but I gave it four and a half for now because I don't like to give five stars on a first watch usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really loved, I think one of the things that stood out to me the most was um, the acting and the characters. Yes. I felt 100%. like they were so fleshed out but you weren't given, you know, everything about them. Like you knew the parts yeah. you needed to know about I'm gonna them. I'm going to talk about that later. But you but like, it didn't give too much away about their lives. And I, But I feel like you knew them so well as people, mm-hmm. like every single one of them. I feel like that's definitely the case with those other movies too. Because mm-hmm. with um, Get Out, you meet Chris and Rose like on the way to um, to meet her parents. Yeah. So they're already like established characters and an established like couple and everything. You don't know much about the characters. But then you feel like you know them throughout mm-hmm. the movie. So I feel like he does a really good job with yeah. his character work. And with also just like world building in a way. Like you sort, sort of, of like yeah. accept the universe that you're in like pretty much like immediately into the movie. Yeah. You're like, yep, this is where we are. This is what's happening. All his movies sort of feel like a very long Twilight Zone episode. Like each one mm-hmm. feels he like He actually did. He did um, a reboot of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. I don't think it it was on here's my issue it was on cbs all say, access if it was on an actual streaming service yeah, I, think I think it would have done really but it still well. got like two seasons yeah so i think if it were on like netflix or like hbo or something like it would have been like well into like a lot of its seasons but since yeah. it was on cbs all access and nobody has fucking cbs all access it just like wasn't accessible to a lot of people yeah i do want to say though if you haven't seen get out or us i would recommend watching those first because I feel like a lot of the people I've heard in like, you know, online discourse talking about this movie might not have seen Get Out or Us and sort of understand his style and like the mm. way he integrates social commentary into his um, movies, which is a very big thing Jordan Peele does. He does um, a really good job of making sure to integrate a very clear message and social commentary. Yeah. into his movies yeah we can which talk get about- out is really clear on same thing with us so i would recommend just watching them in order in the order he made them so get out um us and then nope yeah we can talk about that more in depth when we get to like the spoiler part but i do want to just say like i feel like a lot of other movies recently have been trying to like copy his social commentary type mm-hmm. of thing and i think a lot of them sort of fail because i don't think they get that his social commentary, it's obviously there. But yeah. I feel like it's, it's I wouldn't want to say subtle, especially not in Get Out. In Get Out, it's not very subtle. But I feel like 
in us and nope like you know like it's part of the plot but it's not the main plot if you know what i mean like i recently watched um they slash them the Mm -hmm. horror movie that sat at like a gay conversion camp and it was awful (laughs) yeah it was really bad because it's offensive (sighs) i've heard like mixed things about Um, it i haven't seen it yet though god so it just like it's like pans itself as this horror movie but it just like kind of it's literally like the slasher doesn't come in until the last third act of the movie which is not a slasher movie thing at all um and it just sort of like you know i think if it had just it like was caught between wanting to be a drama about a gay conversion camp and a Mm -hmm. horror movie and it just couldn't decide which one it wanted to be and i think that's where like social commentary and other movies sort of fail because they're so focused on like oh we need to drill in these people's heads that this is a social commentary that we don't think this is okay that they sort of also forget that they are not just solely being that like if you want to solely be that go ahead be that but if you want to also mix in horror elements, you have to actually integrate those in and not put those in the back burner. I think with Jordan Peele, though, it's sort of like the theme isn't the movie. Mm, like the yes. movie makes the theme. Yeah, so yeah. he doesn't walk into his movie being like, okay, every single part of this has to just be about the theme. Yes. Like he is, he kind of has a bunch of different elements that as like a whole come together and mm-hmm. make the mm-hmm. theme of the movie and like make a message but he's not like he doesn't have tunnel vision being like okay this is what the movie's going to be this is what it's going to be this is what it's going to be exactly and i think that's where people fail like with the they them mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like they were so focused yeah. on making it like this one thing that it doesn't sort of have room to breathe so i think that's where this movie and his other movies sort mm-hmm. of like excel on that and I also think, just one last note on they slash them. You can tell it was made by straight people. I, you can I tell it was stand. written by straight people. And this is where I'm a strong supporter of, if you're going to make a movie about a certain community, you need to have people in that community making it. A 100%. I talk 100%. about this all the time. I've talked about this with my dad before, about like straight people also playing gay characters. I'm like, straight people don't understand what it's like to be gay the uh-huh. same thing if i was an actor i probably wouldn't want to play a straight character in a relationship because i don't really understand being straight because i'm not so mm-hmm. you need to have people that actually understand that experience in order to i yeah. think i mean sometimes it works very rarely i think if you're really talented enough and you talk to the right people sometimes you can make a movie or a tv show or write a book or whatever that make makes it good but it's way harder, I think. I 100% agree. I, I will say one thing uh, that they slash them had going for them was that the actors were actually like the identities that they were playing. Like they had a trans actor actually playing a trans person, like that's all that stuff. So that's good at least. But like there was <laughs> there was one scene where they're all like getting together and they're singing a song. And guess what song it was? Born This Way? No, was it was close? a pink song. Fucking what? perfect. The pretty, pretty, please i was like they didn't consult a gay person no gay person would be singing this song as a moment nope. of triumph nope. that is for camp counselors yeah that is for orientation leaders this mm-hmm. is not for gay people no nope. um but going back to no nope, <laughs> final sorry final, for that tangent <laughs> final spoiler free thoughts 
um what would you rate it and what would you recommend you said four and a half stars you rated mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. so four and a half i think it's going to be a five later on but right okay. now it is out of four i think for me half. i give it a four out of five okay and that's not based on any um any i don't think it's based on a shortcoming really mm-hmm. i think it's more so like his other movies spoke to me more yeah so yeah I, it's I just about that. i connected with the other movies more i yes. really walked out of the theater those ones being like oh my god like this was this just like hit me home this one didn't as much and i think it's just because like i said before it has um it's horror in the way jaws is horror mm-hmm. but i'm also not a huge jaws fan i think jaws is kind of an overrated movie <gasps> personally that's when gonna people, be controversial when say it's Jay. one of the best movies of all time I don't agree. I'm not saying it's a I'm bad movie. I'm going to say something crazy. I haven't watched Jaws. <laughs> See, I don't think it's the best movie ever, so I, I'm not going <laughs> to fight you I can't really one. fight you on this one because I haven't watched it. I'm going to watch it when it comes back to IMAX um, in September. I want to see it in IMAX, actually. Slate. Oh, I you're not like, going to be here. I know. Huh. I like the movie. It's just I don't think it's one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Like people say it is. Well, but, I'll, t- I'll get back to you once I watch it. Yeah. So those are our spoiler-free thoughts. If you have not seen Nope and you don't want to be spoiled, this is your warning Go to away. move away. Go away. Go and away. I highly suggest going into this movie not spoiled because there are yes. some parts that are so good to like find out it, literally in the movie. A hundred percent. So avoid social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie's been out for a little while at this point. But, but I get it. You know, sometimes you can't get to the movies. Like if you need to wait oh, yeah, till it 100%. comes on um, demand, then... Wait till it comes on demand. Just don't yeah. listen. Just try not to... Shut off your ears. Find the spoilers. So, goodbye to the spoiler-free <laughs> people. Um, pause the podcast. Write down the timestamp. Just keep it there. And we'll see you later. And now we're and going now, to go into an actual full plot synopsis. Full discussion. Of I am so yes. excited to really break this down. With so, Abby. the film opens with a Bible quote. As, which is um, his other films also yes. open with quotes which i love about him the bible quote is i will cast abominable filth upon you make you vile and make you a spectacle love it sets the mood so well so and good. it's such a creepy quote like i know it's from the bible but i'm like damn like i know and the I bible's love, whack i love but... when movies especially his movies have a quote in the beginning because then when you rewatch the movie it mm-hmm. makes so much more sense because yeah. obviously when you go into these movies for the first time you kind of take the quote for what it is but you don't know what it's about mm. and how it's going to like fit into the movie because you haven't yes. seen it yet. Yes. And I have to, okay, I have to go on a, a little, little quick thing. When I was, I was watching this in IMAX and I went to go see it with Dom and Erica and mm-hmm. it starts at the beginning with like a little short um, part of the Gordy show, right? Where like you just kind of hear the screaming and you see like little tiny parts of it. Yep. Like you haven't gotten the whole um, flashback yet. Yeah. So that ended in the... Um, production um things started playing and dom lead, leaned over to me and erica and he goes we have to see that movie he thought it was a trailer for another oh movie my god! so i leaned back over to dom and i go dom we are watching that movie <laughs> <laughs> i was like dom and in his defense i we kind of got weird trailers before the movie. Yeah, I know. I, so, I, I got the same. Well, they always show the same yeah. trailers for the movie. But, Didn't Oppenheimer have a yeah, trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so And it was a weird Oppenheimer too. trailer. I yeah. almost, like, well, that's Nolan for you. He loves loud movies. I was just like, yeah. listen, not to sound like an old man or anything, but it was like too loud. Like too Turn fucking. Turn down the movie. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. 
anyways, the thing, the um, name of Jordan Peele's production company is Monkey Paw Productions, which I love. Yes, which um, I love. But Dom reference. didn't get Dom didn't get the reference, so he was like, "Oh, I thought that was like in reference to like the monkey thing, like that it was a chimpanzee. Like I thought that was a joke." And I was like, "No, Dom." <laughs> it's based on the short story, right? Yeah, the Monkey Paw. Yeah, the one that we've read in school like a gazillion yes. times. Good one though. I hope nobody heard my water bottle being Jake opened. Jake just cracked someone's neck. All right. Anyway, so moving on from that, that's how the movie kind of like sets the tone. Um, Very and ominous. then we meet our two main protagonists, O.J. Haywood, played by Daniel Kaluuya, and M. Haywood, played by Kiki Palmer. Two. They're just. I said this before in my like spoiler free. They're just doing amazing. I love they're Daniel. First really, of all, I want yes, him in every movie. I, do I want too. him. This is so off putting. I want him in rom com. No, no, that's not off putting at all. I think the vibe, like his vibe, yes. is so good. Like he's so such a good actor. Good. He has so much range. He does. And I feel like he would slay rom com. I know he's, he's already. So, like, he's literally good. already won an Oscar, and I'm like, when is he winning his second one? Like when such is a well rounded actor. Yes. Like, I love everything I've seen him in, mm-hmm. and he just kills it every time. And his characters are so different. Like, I've only yes. I've only seen a couple of his movies, but in comparing Get Out and this movie, like, miles different. Mm. And I love that about him. His, like, an actor His who can character do that. in this is very, like, the silent type. Very mysterious. But it's, like, it, he plays into it so well, where despite, like, that he's not very well-spoken, it's what he doesn't say that you sort of get about his character. Yeah. I think that plays into um, it's also obviously Daniel's like talent, but mm-hmm. also Jordan Peele's writing. Yes, because you don't have a character without good writing, and um, Jordan Peele does a great job in this movie of sort of. Um, I actually watched an interview with the whole cast. Of, I watch a lot Jordan of interviews Peele. too. They're so, so they're Peele. such a good cast. I love listening yeah, to them so talk about Jordan this movie. Jordan Peele was talking about how he said to Kiki Palmer how. It's not just about what's in the script, but it's about what's not in the script. Like, it's about what has happened between these, like, the siblings, like OJ and M. Mm-hmm. It's about what's happened to them off screen. Yes. And you have to sort of bring that to yes. the movie because, you know, you're trying to make these characters seem as real as possible. The audience only has these people for two hours, not even because they're not in every scene. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like, in order to make them feel well-rounded, you have to make the audience believe yeah. that they've had a relationship outside of this movie, which I think he does a very good job of. And I really feel it. Like, I feel like they have a past, like they kind of have trauma together. Like mm-hmm. they've been through like mm-hmm. shit together. Yes. Like when, um, you know, when um, OJ's dad dies and he's sort of there and then M kind of shows up. I kind of got the feeling. I was like, oh, she's been absent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Key Palmer does a good job. She co- sort of has like this ignorance to her. In the sense that, like, OJ's, like, miserable, like, being on his own, like, with the ranch. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then Emma shows up, like, happy-go-lucky, and I yes. kind of caught on right away. I was like, oh, it's she a hasn't very, been there. It's a very realistic sibling dynamic. Yeah. Like, I think some movies, you know, we have siblings, and you're like, yeah, I guess they're siblings. But, like, I could totally, like, as someone who has a sibling myself, and whose sibling is the younger one, I, like, I totally get, like... You got the older sibling, like, younger yeah, sibling vibe. Yeah, like, yeah, OJ's yeah. definitely the older sibling that kind of took... A lot of the responsibility mm-hmm. was put onto his shoulders, and then M was kind of just like you know living her, yeah. Life. And, and definitely at the beginning, you can sense some resentment from mm-hmm. both of them definitely. towards each other. And um, they're both valid, and, but they both still obviously care for each other. Yes, which is such like a sibling thing. Like I literally <laughs> I was saying to Jake, I just had to like drop something off to my sister earlier 
before this and she like wasn't answering the phone so i was like bitch and i just left it on the steps but like i still did it because i loved her even though it was a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. um and that's exactly like the kind of vibe you get from them like they still love each other but like they find like they're kind of a pain in the ass to each other oh yeah 100 percent. like the way m kind of um in the beginning when she shows up it shows advertising herself you could tell mm-hmm. i thought that was such a good scene because it shows her personality but then it also kind of shows oj's personality because he's so like closed off and he's clearly annoyed with her that she's like doing that but they all like they both bring something different to the table because m is very much like a people person so she can deal with like all the other people like all the casting people all the like um cameramen all the directors on like scene of the commercial but then oj he's responsible yeah but he's also very like withdrawn so he can't communicate properly to anyone else Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so these two siblings they inherit their family business of training horses to be used in film productions after their father dies when a coin falls from the sky yeah when i I think it's very interesting that it was a coin too well the thing is one thing i really love about the way his um the way the death of the father played out is from the beginning you kind of got the vibe that it was like an apocalyptic like event because of all this stuff falling from the sky Mm -hmm. but then when it's explained that it was just like um like plane like shrapnel that fell out from the plane that just happened to hit him it's sort of like when I was watching it, at least, like, I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Like, what, like, how did that, how did he die? And you're very much like, is this, like, a supernatural thing? Like, what's going on? But then when it's just explained away, you're kind of just like, oh. Oh, but it wasn't plain No, stuff. I know. Oh, but okay. At that, but okay, at, sorry. I thought you didn't get the movie. No, I, I got the movie. But at that point, as, yes, like, a first-time yeah. viewer, you're sort of like, you're like, oh, my God, it's a supernatural thing. And then you're just kind of like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of sucks. That's how yeah. I felt watching it. And it was interesting that's a coin because i they talk a lot about like money and like mm-hmm. using things for like i think it was very monetary gain because yeah. they could have had anything fall from the sky because mm-hmm. the horse got hit by like a pair of keys like it could have been something like that but yeah. the fact that it was a coin that killed him sort of like like right from the get-go you're like greed can kill you 100 <laughs> percent so as they're running their little family business um strange shit starts happening around the farm and they eventually start to attribute it to um, a UFO they see flying around. Yeah, so, which was discovered with um, OJ notices the fact that the cloud hasn't moved. Was that mm-hmm. him that noticed that? Yeah. Was, okay, yeah. So there's like this cloud in the sky that has not moved for like weeks. And he figures out that the fact he sees it like go behind the cloud. And then he's like, wait, that cloud has not moved for like weeks. I've been looking at the same cloud forever. Mm-hmm. So... I thought that was so smart. Yeah, like, it was whoever, very cool way. Jordan Peele, did he write the entire thing himself? He usually I, does, I right? I believe so. Okay, I'll just say any of the writing stuff I'm talking about, I'm just going to say Jordan Peele. <laughs> Good job, Jordan Peele, for coming up with that because everything about the sort of the supernatural, like alien thing, UFO in this movie was original. Yes, I wrote UFO that in my thoughts. It's a very everywhere. fresh take on the sci-fi very fresh genre. Take. The fact that he was able to make like an alien UFO invasion different is so like impressive because mm-hmm. it's and been And the fact that forever. he sort of sets it up as this like typical sort of thing like after they like see it they start to get cameras and stuff to try to get famous that feels mm-hmm. like a, like a very like um oh the s- signs right with Joaquin Phoenix I haven't seen that movie but it felt very like 
um which is like, like a very hunter mythbuster vibe. yeah yeah like, yeah like, like that, what you're um, expecting from like the a history channel movie. or discovery channel like all those shows yeah like, they um, even mention ancient aliens yeah. in the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a very like i thought it was extreme. a very um it was sort of a steer in a different direction for jordan peele movies because if you've seen his first two movies they get dark like pretty quick mm-hmm. there's not a lot of lightheartedness in the movies yeah yeah um us especially kind of uh, has it uh, i don't know us a little gets bit. dark pretty quick it like gets they, dark. Gets, they get into it they get into it <laughs> they, they definitely do but i feel like there's some humor in it mm-hmm. like do you remember like the fuck the police part where yeah. she like tries to call the police on the <laughs> yes. alexa so like there's some humor in it but the sibling dynamic and the dynamic, especially with Angel and all the characters, like they're bickering back and forth, like makes the movie so mm-hmm. funny. Yes. And I, I wasn't expecting the movie to be that funny. I loved Angel. Oh I my loved gosh. Him. I literally, me and Erica just kept saying to each other, we're like, if Angel dies, we're going to be so pissed. I can't, he can't die. I was kind of shook when he was as important as he was because he could have easily been written off as like, just a side character they could have went in that store got the shit they could have used him for the laugh gag and then they just went back in their mm-hmm. own way but i liked how he was used in that way i thought I it was so did cool like it um so they get these cameras and they're like trying to get that yep. and meanwhile like down the ways from their little um farm they are near an amusement park run by a former child star, Ricky Jupe Park, who's played by the lovely Steven Yeun. I, I love him. him. I, I love, love him. So One much. thing I've watched that um, he's in recently is Invincible, the animated series on mm-hmm. Prime, and he is so good in it. He's and I really love, good. I love that series. Fun fact, though, um, originally Steven. Oh, Steven. Originally, Jordan Peele didn't want Steven to play this part. He wanted Jesse Plemons. Mm. which is very i think that would have been great too i love i love me some jesse plemons mm-hmm. but i do i do like the way steven young you know sort of yeah. took on the role mm-hmm. um but he's a former child star who is the only one to come out unscathed from a tragic incident where a chimpanzee went like batshit insane on a f- tv set and he like mauled his co-stars Mm-hmm. And he which mauled. was inspired by a real life event. Yes, what it was. was. Chimp- Travis name? the Chimp. Travis the Chimp. So if nobody's heard of this story, definitely um, Google it. The Travis the Chimp incident. Be, um, be very mindful Googling it, though, because there are some very disturbing yeah. images. So do not um, click the images, but definitely read the articles because it is or watch a YouTube video about it. Basically, Travis the Chimp was a um, chimpanzee who was an exotic pet for a couple. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, husband and wife, and I believe the husband died, and the wife kept Travis. But yes. as Travis got bigger and older, obviously they couldn't control Travis. And one of um, well, the no, wives. The, the tragic thing about it was like they thought they had control over Travis. Oh, yeah. Like he was like, they let him drive cop cars. <laughs> like he was Everybody able to do a lot of Travis like human too. thing. Like, yeah. And the, he eventually attacks one of the wife's friends, but yeah. it's sort of just like a snap. Like just nobody random, sort of like, expects it to happen. Like it was a exactly, very random yeah. thing. And I think to this day, they still say like they don't know what set him off. No, exactly. Well, yeah, they don't know. But the story goes, the wife called the friend to help um, calm Travis down. Mm-hmm. So Travis is already like agitated before the woman that got mauled even arrived at the house. Yeah. So I don't obviously we aren't, weren't there. So we don't know exactly what yeah, happened. Yeah. But that's pretty much what happened in the movie. Um, with Gordy the chimpanzee, like the sitcom starred um, a young jupe, Ricky Park, played by Steven Yeun. Um, and, you know, this chimpanzee was a part of the sitcom for like 
a while like the sitcom was very successful Mm -hmm. it was you know a big thing and then all of a sudden he just started killing all the people like on the set except the lone survivor jupe and they in the in the movie they kind of attribute it to um balloons popping on set that sort of set the monkey off the chimpanzee Mm -hmm. and i something while i was looking into the like travis to chimp incident something they said that might again they're not 100 percent sure because you can't predict wild animals they something they think might have sent um travis the chimp off to attack this person in particular was that she had gotten a new haircut and that was the first time she'd shown up with this new haircut so they maybe thought like he thought it was like a you know, because I think she had one of his toys in his ha- in her mm-hmm. hand. So maybe, like, he thought, like, someone new was trying to take his toy yeah. or something. And that's why he attacked specifically her. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, it's sort of, like, in the movie, you can't predict wild animals, you know? No. You can't, ma- like, make a lot of sense of some of the stuff they do. Like, you can train them to an extent, but, like, you just, you never know. Well, that's why these animals, like... These people, I mean, it's sort of like a big black market, like exotic animals being pets, like these animals belong either in the wild or like a wildlife sanctuary where they can properly live a fulfilled life and be cared for by people who actually help the animals that are in need. They shouldn't be in your living room or your backyard. Yeah. These people that have tigers, like, like don't Tiger do that. King. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Hate it's, to it's, bring up that because I... I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, but I mean, the way it frames it isn't good, but like you can sort of see in the documentary that like they shouldn't be keeping these tigers. They should not be. So <laughs> that's sort of the definitely the idea behind the Gordy um situation. But so there's OJ and M and then also Jupe mm-hmm. on the on a nearby amusement park that he's created. And he also, like OJ and M, becomes aware of the UFO or alien existence and he decides to use it for profit and put on a show. But that backfires mm-hmm. and him and all of the patrons or audience members of the show um die and become eaten by this alien. And I really um I liked that scene the was very scary. It was to very watch. scary, but I liked the inclusion of his co-star, the woman that survived the mauling by mm-hmm. Gordy. Because I, my first thought was, "Oh, you didn't learn your lesson." Yeah, <laughs> like the fact that yep. you participated in using a wild exotic animal in a TV show or for entertainment and for profit, you got literally your face ripped off. Like the woman's face was completely ripped off. She had mm-hmm. to wear like a veil in front of her face in the audience, and then you go to another for-profit event for entertainment purposes to watch some creature entertain you yeah as if you didn't learn your lesson (laughs) because you fucking lost your face the first time like yeah and then it's here sort of when um oj and the audience becomes aware of the big this is like the big plot twist of the movie Mm -hmm. um that the ufo doesn't hold aliens it is the alien yeah, which i thought which was so I smart loved i loved that, that. that realization the fact because i didn't think of that like before when i was like watching it before like i was like because oh, the design no. of the alien is so smart because it looks it is shaped exactly like a typical like ufo like the flying saucer type of thing but then when it's revealed and it literally opens up and it's like mm-hmm. a whole creature mm-hmm. i was like kind of shook i was like oh my god mm-hmm. i did think like personally for me like when the alien opened up as the reveal i didn't think the design of the alien was very scary like when it was opened up it's just like flapping everywhere like i didn't find that like scary because like 
I think the scariest part of the alien was the fact that you didn't know like what it was doing when it was like flying yeah. in the clouds yeah. and it was like, oh my god, it was sort of like um it reminded me of Predator in the sense they're alien where like you don't know where it is like what is it going to do but when they showed you the whole thing in the movie i was kind of it kind of like took some of that suspense and magic away from me that's just a personal thing for me i actually really liked it i feel like it's sort of like this sublime sort of horror Mm -hmm. where like you're kind of filled with awe at how beautiful it is but it's so huge and terrifying as well um and it kind of relates back this opens with a bible quote and then mm-hmm. when the alien unfurls, it kind of looks like a like biblically accurate angel. I don't know if you've seen that type I've of shit. I've seen them, yeah. So I thought that was very cool. And I do think um, Peel was obviously very much going for the biblically accurate angel mm-hmm. type of look. And I think it very much works because it kind of elevates it to this like otherworldly horror that like almost your brain can't fully compute. Because mm. like you're like, it's terrifying and i know what this creature is capable of because i've been watching the whole movie but it's kind of beautiful yeah in it might have changed my mind a bit well what can i say like yeah. <laughs> i remember but you get what we I'm walked saying, out though? of the movie and erica was like when that alien unfurled it was kind of cunty right <laughs> like, god not erica like, being yeah. horny for the fucking space well, alien. not horny she just thought it was cunty and it was i guess it was yeah so at this point um you know they're sort of being chased around by the ufo and they ask a famous film cinematographer Mm -hmm. to help them um initially they are successful in their attempt they get it on film because one thing about the alien is electronic devices do not work in its vicinity but this film cinematographer i don't know why i'm having such a hard time with that word cinematography (laughs) he uses um old-fashioned film cameras which don't use electricity like the one where you like crank the wheel so um he captures it but then he sort of gets prideful and his hubris gets the best of him because he tries to get i love it i knew it was hubris too i was like yes ap english i know this word (laughs) yeah so he tries to run off and get his own film of the creature um even though he already had it so he gets eaten with it Mm -hmm. along with the camera so they lost all their footage of that Oh, um, one thing that just came to mind, one thing I really did like when earlier, when the whole audience of Jube's show gets eaten, I loved inside the alien of them being like crushed. Yeah. And, it like, felt eaten. so claustrophobic. Yeah, it was really good. Like I was wondering how they were going to do that scene. And I loved how they showed the woman who was mauled by the chimpanzee because I thought it was really like important thematically that they showed her because it's like the consequences are finally like catching up to her mm. like she sort of got the consequences with like losing her face from the chimpanzee but you know <laughs> she she gets double fucked over she really well, does it's her own fault so <laughs> she is, she, she kind of deserved fucked. it so um to finish up our little plot synopsis yeah. type review now that the camera is eaten with the cinematographer they're kind of just like okay at this point like we have to escape or else we're going to get eaten. Like there's yeah. nothing else we can do. Like we don't, the only thing we have is digital cameras. Like we just have to yeah. escape. Um, so Angel, thankfully lives. Thank fuck. I would have lost Love my mind him. if he didn't. And so OJ and Emerald are sort of like facing down with the creature. It's sort of like um this sh- like final showdown where they're standing sat like across from each other with the creature in between it felt like a western showdown oh yeah. if you know what i mean there are some western vibes to there that i liked um very so, much attributed to the setting yeah so emerald gets on a motorcycle and she like drives away and she leads it back to the amusement park 
where um, she releases a giant balloon into the air that the alien then eats and it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was a, I, I thought it was a really funny way to end it where it's just like, that alien blew up. Ah! <laughs> 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 but I really did like the ending. Um, and M eventually does, while she's like leading the creature away, she captures a picture of it on film with a well that was like shown earlier. Yeah, in I loved the, the well, movie. and I love how Jordan Peele made like a very distinct effort to introduce the well in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. So like, a lot of, it lot planted of... the seed, and then it came up later and was actually like useful for yeah, her. Yeah, there are a lot of Chekhov's guns type of things mm-hmm. in the movie that like when you get back to it, you're like. <gasps> Oh my god like when em leads the alien away with the motorcycle and at the beginning when she's giving her spiel of what she can do she mentions i ride motorcycles mm-hmm. so then it came in handy and i was like, oh it makes sense That's everything why she makes mentioned sense that. everything makes sense in this movie um but not to some people because some people logan paul are dumb and that don't get idiot. the movie yeah he's dumb <laughs> but you know why he didn't get the movie because it's about him <laughs> <laughs> because it's about him <laughs> you're kind of right though i didn't no, think about I'm it like 100% that 100 right <laughs> but you're right yeah so now we're gonna kind of get into some theories general thoughts now that we're done talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. running through the beginning to the end um of the plot i'll let abby kind of give her distinct thoughts yeah and nitpicks about the film so i want to first talk about the gordy plot because i think that was very one important. of my favorite parts because i love horror movies i don't get scared very easily by horror movies this part had me gripping the seat mm-hmm. i was gripping the seat i was also kind of shook at this part yeah um and i was watching this in imax so it was like Same. it was whew, whew, i was like oh what theater did you go to jordan's oh i went to the amc at the mm. um the Jordan's IMAX is really fucking sick. I know. I have to go. I I went there a long time ago, so I'll have to go back. But yeah, so I was terrified by this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I one of my friends said this when I was like talking about the movie. I think it feels terrifying in part because it feels very voyeuristic. Mm-hmm. Like it's because when you go to the Gordy flashback, it feels like something like you shouldn't be watching. Like mm-hmm. we got a tape of this and we weren't supposed to get a tape of it and now we're watching it and it just feels wrong you know I see what you're saying yeah um and as i mentioned before it's based on a real life incident which kind of makes it a little more scary <laughs> yeah because it's like oh that's not too far away from like what could actually happen in real life i already don't yeah. trust uh, monkeys i don't like monkeys they're too close to humans and it scares the shit out of me yeah i don't really have many thoughts on monkeys i appreciate I... them for what they are I don't like animals in captivity um so i i, I could not, not meet a, a chimp in captivity those. i cannot meet one on a set i cannot meet one in the jungle i just i can't i'm scared of them even before this movie i, I was just a acknowledge bit scared of yeah them. i'm the same way i just acknowledge that chimpanzee could rip my face off mm-hmm. so i would prefer not like when people go to like um these other places and they're like go to these like things where you can like pet a and hug like a chimpanzee yeah. no i'm not doing no? that no like, no that's a wild animal <laughs> that's like, just not that gonna near me set off no like right away mm-hmm. um, another thing i liked about the way that the incident is first introduced is when um jupe's talking about the incident to um m and oj when he tells them about it he kind of has this like 
sick um, fascination with it. Like he really wants uh, to yeah. tell them about it. This is a big thing for me too as well. His like reaction to it yeah. is very, very important. But the way the he tells them about it isn't like by explaining the actual incident. He explains it through an SNL skit, which I thought was a super interesting way for him to explain it because it shows how detached he is from the I was about to say like people that have trauma from incidents use like humor to like deal with mm-hmm. it. So, like, I have this in my notes, too. The fact that, you know, Jupe only talks about it, like, laughing. And he literally is like, oh, my God, look that up on YouTube. Yeah. Like, and this man literally witnessed, like, all of his co-stars basically get murdered and mauled by a monkey. And he's, like, laughing about it and telling people to go watch a video Mm -hmm. about it online. Just shows the fact that he probably has not dealt with his trauma whatsoever. Not even probably. (laughs) He definitely hasn't because he didn't fucking learn from it. Yeah. But I think the way that him also being like detached also sort of foreshadows that, you know, he's gonna fall victim to it again. Yeah. Because he he sees himself as sort of lucky, like untouchable. I okay. So you know the I am going into my next theory about the Gordy scene. Okay. You know how there is a single shoe standing up in the scene. Yeah. I think it's very purposeful. I think in the yeah. fact that the camera like focused on the mm-hmm. shoe. For, like, like you're a obviously supposed to notice it. Yeah. I think that it is just purely coincidence, but I think Jupe didn't see it as coincidence. I think he saw it as like, um. A bad miracle, like they say in the movie, they call like the alien like a bad miracle. Like, and I think since he like survived the incident, like he's, I think he survived it by pure coincidence. I know people are like, oh, like it's because like Gordy sort of recognized him as a friend and that's why he went out to a fist bump. I think it was just pure luck and coincidence Mm. that he survived this terrible, terrible attack. But I think he doesn't see it that way. I think he sees it as like, I'm very lucky and I'm going to be lucky for the rest of my life. And I'm untouchable now, mm. which is why he later um, gets into the gets killed by the alien because he sees himself as untouchable, you know, because he survived mm. this attack. Um, and that's sort of my theory on the standing up shoe. Yeah, I, I agree. Cool. 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 As we mentioned before, I also think. Moving on from the Cordy plot, even though I love talking about that shit. I think this is a super fresh take on sci-fi. I I'm not so a too. huge I'm not a huge sci-fi fan, I'm gonna be honest. I just haven't watched a lot of sci-fi movies and what I have watched, I don't I thought I think, it was cool, but I don't love it. I think with sci-fi well, I think just with all genres in general, they just borrow from each other so much. Mm. Like I'll see the same things in fantasy over and over again. You'll see the same things in horror too, like I've seen a million movies about exorcisms over and over again that use the same exact like jump scares or whatever. Same mm-hmm. thing. Sci-fi too. Like they're all so very similar. So with this movie, it's so different. Like mm-hmm. the plot twist with the alien had me shook to my core. Yeah. I, I really mean, love 2022 the... and UFO stuff has been around probably since like the 60s. So the fact that over 60 years on another alien movie has been made and it does something different is really crazy yeah i love the um alien design too yep super cool i because i think i don't like a lot of modern day cgi i feel I don't like either. I, I feel like it's I'm so bad for like this. what we have at our like ha- like hands and stuff like i feel like it's just so bad looking sometimes like i was watching xanadu which has like awful cgi but i was like it's more interesting to look at than the cgi we see today that though even though it's like 
bad like it has such an interesting look to it but i thought the cgi in nope was so good yeah so another movie good. that i when you mentioned cgi i think because you said like it's not with the technology today it's not being used to like it's full potential mm -hmm. i think movies like avatar where they use cgi as like an art form sort of like avatar they literally make almost everything with cgi every single thing in that movie is cgi but it's like beautiful to look at mm -hmm. like in marvel movies a lot of the time oh like a lot of the cgi <laughs> so is bad. unnecessary so it's unnecessary bad. like i've yeah. seen behind the scenes in marvel movies the cgi is unnecessary it would probably be cheaper and way easier to make it with like practical effects but they choose not to well actually i would argue that it's cheaper now to do cgi because I, I don't know if you know this cgi artists at the moment aren't unionized yep i knew this so their labor you can push them to their limits and it's gonna probably be cheaper than if you rented mm. something i think the only way we're gonna see change in like the cgi field is if cga artists get unionized yeah which i think they should be everyone should be unionized communism yay yeah um, <laughs> but yeah i'm glad to see actual like cgi that like uh, doesn't pain me to see <laughs> because yeah. it's it's used sparingly where it should be mm -hmm. like obviously a lot of the sets are actually real sets i don't know if you saw they have um the jupes amusement park at universal studios right oh, really? now I didn't yeah see that. super cool shit um, so like obviously that shit isn't CGI. Like the CGI is used to create the alien, which is obviously gonna need CGI to be made. And I think it looks good because the whole movie isn't just a CGI crazy shit place. Yeah, <laughs> but like you said, they use the CGI properly, so it looks real. And yeah. I don't not believe it. Mm -hmm. I also loved the theme of this movie um, because I just feel like. It's like obviously pinholing in in the movie. It's pinholing into something specific, but I feel like in general the theme itself is very universal. Mm -hmm. Um, I think anyone who walks away from this movie not knowing what Jordan Peele was trying to get across needs to go back to high school. And English they're also class. they're also the problem. They're yeah. also what the theme is probably yeah. talking cough, about. Yeah, cough cough. I mentioned this earlier. Logan Paul. Um, this movie is about spectacle. I actually got a quote from Peel himself talking about the film's theme. He says, um, the movie is about spectacle, more specifically, our addiction to spectacle. Nope is about holding a mirror up to all of us and our inability to look away from drama or peril. Which to me, I sort of went back to the way we consume a lot of media today. Specifically, I was thinking about like TikTok and YouTube and shit. Yeah. Because I feel Just like... a big media fest yeah, going on. Yeah, Like, to be very, like, viral and stuff today, like, you have to make a spectacle of yourself. Mm -hmm. In a, a good character. or a bad way. Like, I think a lot about, like, the sort of, like, Karens that we see trending. Like, they're making a spectacle of themselves. And they're going to get media and press, let it be good or bad, you know? I think, I think a lot of the media we see and consume is just stuff that we shouldn't be seeing like for only like a couple seconds each day like it's just yeah. so much to consume i literally to, deleted like, tiktok good like three weeks ago i wish i i, I wish i had the strength i honestly i didn't think i would but once i did like it wasn't that hard and mm -hmm. like i could like just being so consumed in media like literally 24 hours in my life was so bad for my brain and yeah. like especially like talking about this movie it's just so true 
fucking look away from your phone every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, pick up a book. Like, you guys need to, like, kind of put the brain cells together and make the neurons fire a little bit because you, know- you need to think a little harder. Because if you're constantly, like... I was kind of horrified the amount of hours I had on TikTok, and that's what made me delete it. I was like, all these hours I was spending watching people do stupid shit that is literally not contributing to anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I could be spending doing something else. Something I could productive. Be, I, could be, I could be writing more <laughs> podcast episodes or yeah. reading a book or doing something else or, like, fucking sitting next to my dog. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, it's stuff yeah. like that that I'm just like, I can't deal with it anymore. You know what specific niche I think on tiktok this sort of like relates back to a lot family vloggers and family like tiktokers yep. we could because make a whole podcast episode oh, talking yes, about family could. vloggers i hate and how them toxic i they hate are. them with a burning passion maybe we will uh, maybe we will because i have so much to say about the topic but relating the topic back to nope i think so many of the children not not even so many literally every single one of the child who is a child of um a family vlogger is being exploited for spectacle no matter how well you, how well it's intended similar, you but it's mean similar it, to child you're actors. making them a spectacle. It's similar to child actors. Yeah. And that's what Jude is. Jupe. Yeah. Jude. Jupe is. He's, yeah, he is a spectacle in a way. Yeah. And um, Steven Yoon talked about this in interviews. He was um, talking with Keith Palmer and the whole cast about being a child actor and how like you're sort of like putting like this version of yourself out there. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to be like authentic because yeah. you have an image. Like the public doesn't know you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like. And I think it's it's so scary how much um how much these parents put their kids information for all like everyone to know because like you know some of them even like say like the areas they're living in like your child could get kidnapped you crazy bitch um <laughs> but yeah I I think I think um. That was a lot of what Jordan Peele is getting at because it feels very. This movie feels very relevant of the time we're living in right now. Regarding I definitely spectacle. think so. Um, I think that's his goal, though, to make mm-hmm. movies that sort of speak to the oh, voice, audience. Voice crack voice there, <laughs> puberty at almost <laughs> twenty-one years old. Puberty. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It just sort of speaks to the audience, and like he's trying to like make a clear message to tell people to get their head mm-hmm. out of their ass because mm-hmm. every single one of his movies has done that. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end, a very important beat that I loved at the end is when M takes a picture of the creature, but mm-hmm. she doesn't ever look at the picture because she sees her brother off in the distance. Important. Yeah. She realizes yeah, it's Yeah, her brother's important. off in the distance standing on the horse like this fucking cool cowboy. Oh, I love that shot. It's such a good shot. Um, and she goes and she celebrates with her brother, averting her eyes away from the spectacle. And I think that's just like the culmination of like everything that Jordan Peele is trying to say in this one singular movie beat which is so good I love it yeah 100% um all right enough of my thoughts let's get into yours yeah some of them we already talked about but I have a couple things that we didn't mention yet Mm -hmm. um sort of my question when watching this movie is like what genre does this movie fit into sci-fi horror like where does it fit so he um Peele is often known for bending the rules of modern day horror because I feel like Peel is sort of bringing this like modern day renaissance of the horror genre because mm. I think sort of it got revived like the horror genre got revived with like The Conjuring and like like um 2013 when that happened because we sort of had like this weird era of like really bad horror movies and people didn't really know what to do but then The Conjuring brought back like 
old-fashioned horror mm-hmm. but it, it sort of was in, definitely inspired by the exorcist like if you watch the exorcist and watch the conjuring you kind of see where it comes from oh yeah and, like, totally the parallels so i think with that but then jordan peele sort of was like i'm gonna bring back like bringing social commented commentary to horror mm-hmm. and well, then i'm gonna i'm gonna fight you on that horror has always had social commentary most I, no, horror I, movies I so. always have social but commentary. his is like old school like mm. the way he does it is definitely different than like recent movies like one of my favorite horror movies of all time is night of the living dead so good so, so good. good and the that's way oh, the way it relates back to get out is very very that's, good so i, was gonna I get wrote to that. i wrote um a little like essay on this i wrote for one a of my essay about this too ah, shut up because i took a horror class mm-hmm. um english class at school but yeah so he sort of um peel kind of creates his own path in the genre while paying homage to the classics. So some movies that um, Peel said that he was inspired by with this movie, I think um, the actor who plays Angel was saying this um, in the interview that he was given a list of films by Peel to watch before. Mm-hmm. He even got when before. directors do that. So he didn't even give them a script. And then he told him to watch Jaws, Space Audi 2001, and then um, Alien. And then I put Night of the Living Dead because it's very clear, especially with Get Out, that that sort of vibe and the way that like the theme fits into the movie is definitely like Peel inspired. Yes. Um. So and I always I always say yeah if you want to make movies you have to watch movies and it's very clear that Peel sort of follows the same credence like I as much as you want to say like oh this is so original like a lot of other thoughts come from watching other movies and sort of like cherry picking little parts mm-hmm. from each other and that's what makes a movie good you know mm-hmm. the fact that you're looking into the good movies into the bad movies seeing what works what doesn't work and i think peel just does such a great job of that well, the fact and that he we're loves sitting movies here so much and yeah. you can see it i mean the fact that we're sitting here and talking about this movie for like an hour just shows how good it is yeah because if it was a trash movie we probably would not have been able to really <laughs> talk about this much we would have made fun of it and then that would have been like that <laughs> but one thing i did want to talk about too is so um as we've said a million times the big like theme or part of the theme about nope is um using living things as props like that's very much established in the beginning with gordy and then um, we have, in real life, the circus. That was mm-hmm. my first thought. Mm-hmm. Um, animals in Hollywood. And I thought it was very intentional. Like, looking back at the movie, I'm like, well, our OJ and his family, like, they're definitely probably contributing to the same thing. Like, they are the main characters and they're mm-hmm. the protagonists mm-hmm. and sort of, like, the good guys. But they also use animals yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, they perpetuate like, They perpetuate stuff it. a little bit. Like, they use they train and use horses for profit like that's like the family business like they bring the horses in and use them for entertainment and even in the beginning the horse is almost the same thing that gordy did the horse gets spooked and tries almost attack somebody so you know they're not they're also sort of a part of this like sort of like system yeah which i thought it was an important thing to mention and i like how i liked that though because I like when main characters like are entirely like innocent and mm-hmm. also like contribute to like the theme of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, with the Gordy plot, let me see. I think, um, yeah, like we it talked just, about it a lot. We talked about it a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to look at my notes and um, see what we didn't talk about. But I think it definitely does bring up, um, especially with Jupe, um, it brings up the question of how child actors are treated. 
because he continued to follow the path created for him by the adults around him. Mm-hmm. He didn't stray away from like the child actor sort of like life. Like he yeah. kept going with it. He it's tried to capitalize and create a career again through the expense of um, a living creature. Um, and he clearly held trauma. Yeah, with his conversation it's, it's with like, M, like it's I like um, he see the only way he sees he can make a profit is by exploiting someone else, and that's probably what he learned in showbiz. You know, mm-hmm. he and the chimpanzee Gordy were exploited in a way, and so that's it's sort of like a vicious cycle where like the only way he sees he can make a profit off of this is at the expense of someone or something else. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Um, another thing I want to touch on is a really important scene I think that plays into OJ and M's sibling dynamic is the flashback where mm-hmm. um, that shows why M holds some resentment towards OJ, how she wasn't able to participate in the family business at all, and the fact that when she was younger, um, the horse that was given to her for her birthday, she wasn't able to train it. Her father didn't allow her to. Yeah. He had OJ do it. But then from the window, like OJ did like you know he like used his fingers to like meet their eyes through the window and then it sort of went back to the present and he did the same thing and i was just like that's so good such good writing because it connects them like it shows that even through all the resentment and all the family drama and all the problems they still have a connection and the fact that he named the alien jean jacket after the horse that m was supposed to have it again it shows that sort of sibling dynamic where deep down they care about each other very very much definitely and greed plays a big part yes. in this movie. Um, Jupe dies. All the people that were greedy died. The cinematographer died. Another thing I want to talk about, the TMZ guy on the oh, motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really important. And when I first saw the movie, like it took me like a little like a minute to like figure out because like when the TMZ guy arrives on the motorcycle, you have no idea what this dude is. I was like, what the fuck is this? Because he's wearing a, like a mirrored helmet. So mm-hmm. it's like you don't see his face at all, which I think is really good symbolism because it's sort of like the media and TMZ and all this is like a it's like a faceless disease. Yeah, in life. exactly. Like if the guy had a face, it would humanize him and it would make him very like individualized. But this one, like, TMZ media guy sort of represents everybody. He doesn't represent just one person, but, like, the whole culture of, like, media and the paparazzi. Mm-hmm. But then what, one thing I thought was really cool was the shot where M's face is mirrored in his helmet. Because it yeah. shows she's also a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Because she's the one trying to... The whole reason that they're even there, still at the ranch, is because she wanted to take a picture of it and sell I it. I want to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't funny Abby. i'm sorry yes it is a little funny the moment that tmz guy came on i was like oh he's dying he was hysterical he's dead he was really funny <laughs> he was he was um but yeah it goes back like maybe maybe that's why logan paul didn't get it because he saw tmz guy and he's like i love tmz he's like oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh they're my fans <laughs> um yeah um that's sort of all my thoughts on nope mm. i definitely recommend this movie for now I, I definitely feel like when it. I rewatch it, I'm probably going to be like, oh, I didn't even notice that the first yeah, time. I'll probably walk away from this episode being like, oh my God, I forgot to mention this, guys. <laughs> I forgot to say it. I know. I re-listen. I'm like, fuck, I really wanted fuck. to mention that. Uh, <laughs> how do you um, rank Jordan Peele movies? Yes. Um, I, our rankings are going to cause a the fight. The exact opposite. <laughs> my rankings at the moment. And let me just preface this by saying these rankings, I love all these movies are like, very high up for me Mm -hmm. it was very hard to rank them because i think 
um George, like all of them are very technically well made all of them are very like i love all to watch all of them i'll mm-hmm. rewatch all of them any day um but i think it just came down honestly to my personal taste i was about to say it's and i feel like at the end of the day preference. like it came yeah so right now my current peel movie ratings are nope get out and us and that is again i just i think nope is exactly the kind of horror movie that i personally love Mm-hmm. like that sort of like spectacle of it all just like the the oh, what is the word i'm looking for like the big blockbusterness to it like yes. you can obviously tell like jordan peele's budgets have been very slowly going mm-hmm. up like you can tell he definitely amped it up for this one and i love the bigness of it the bigness of the production and everything um i think get out just classic it's just really really good it's gonna become a horror classic yeah it's it's like i feel like already it's like a staple within the horror i mean i had to watch it in my horror class that was an assignment Mm -hmm. so very clearly important and us i don't know i like us i love us the first time i watched it that plot twist i literally like screamed but i just think you know it doesn't um resonate as much with me as Mm -hmm. the other previous two did that makes sense though i i i understand that yeah Plus, also, like, I could see why, because I think the plot of Us is a little more out there mm-hmm. compared to mm-hmm. Get Out and Nope. Like, Nope is kind of straightforward in the sense that it's an alien. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. That's the movie. Like, it's an alien, girl. If I girl. could use one word to describe it, it's just an alien trying to eat everybody. Get Out is also pretty, like, straightforward, has a little bit more complexity mm-hmm. than Nope, but still. But then Us is kind of like what the fuck is going on here like <laughs> like you kind of have to the fuck is going on what here what the fuck is going on here but um i respect your opinion I, and i when you say yours i respect your opinion as okay. well because like i so, said these literally like this was such a hard ranking for me it was his he i don't want to say i could say he right now has three close to perfect or perfect films that yeah, he's made i agree yep so this is my ranking now. My first one is Get Out. My second is Us. And my third is Nope. <laughs> and this isn't me saying that Nope is a bad movie. The Nope is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about how much I love this movie for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but Get Out is just like everything I love in a horror movie. I love the symbolism, the messaging behind it. Like I'll never forget the scene and get out spoiler alert if you haven't seen it skip like 10 seconds where they're doing like um the like selling him where mm-hmm. like the white people are like selling him and like um i don't know how to describe it because it's such a, a bidding like a bidding. a bidding yes that's the word You're that wrong. is just so like scary to me and creepy and like that just like that movie just stuck with me especially the ending where um like you said before, like it's very Night of the Living Dead esque, and there's like the alternate ending. Have you seen the alternate? I ending? have, yeah. So I love how in this movie he does get the happy ending because I, I feel love like it so much. you don't expect the main characters to get the happy ending, and especially in movies like this, they don't. And in Night of the Living Dead, he didn't get the happy ending, mm-hmm. which I feel like was very important to the social commentary. But I also love the alternate ending of that movie where he doesn't get the happy ending because it contributes to the theme. Yeah, I am. I will say I am very glad he chose the happy ending i'm happy too because i think it even subverts the expectations a little bit more definitely because subverted my you are thinking you're like he's probably gonna go to jail they're probably gonna think he killed all these people for no good reason yeah but he gets out of it and he lives yeah because when um 
because when I was watching the movie for the first time and the cop car pulled up, I literally was like, oh my God, like it's going to be a bunch of white cops mm-hmm. that are going to arrest him thinking he killed all these people and he's going to go to jail. And like, and that's what the alternate ending is. But in the ending of the actual movie, his best friend, Chris, who's a cop, yes. like saved him. And I was like, thank God. The TSA. No, he's not a cop. He's a TSA guard. Even better. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I do hate TSA, but he's the exception. Yeah. But um, um, but this is this is why what I was saying. This is why I think Jordan Peele's social commentary goes beyond like some of the other ones because in like another movie you would probably get the alternate ending and not get Chris's happy ending. Yeah. But Peele sort of goes, no, he gets a happy ending. He mm-hmm. does get to live. Fuck you. Period. <laughs> um, and then we have us, my second in the ranking. I'm just a very big slasher fan. When slashers are done well, like Scream is mm-hmm. one of my like favorite horror yes. movies. And I thought Us was so original in the way that, you know, the story was made and I loved the whole like um like in the beginning, like how he does um he sort of reveals like some of the themes in the beginning, whether it's with a quote, but in the beginning of Us he had like the commercial for Feeding America, mm-hmm. which was like a big thing in the eighties. So I just loved that, and I love the plot twist in Us. I love a good plot twist. When you're oh, not expecting a plot, plot twist, twist, I love it. Just so good. Again, like, Us was just funny. It just had everything I love with slashers, and, like, just so good. Again, this is just for personal preference. Like, I like I said before, Nope isn't, like, the kind of horror I typically love. I loved Nope, but, like, um, I'm not a huge fan of, like, the sort of, like, predator, like, type thing going mm-hmm, on like that's mm-hmm. just like not usually where i lean to when i watch movies so that's why i just preferred get out and us over nope but yeah. all and three that's are where amazing. we differ i guess our horror our just our tastes are different are different but we love a good discussion we, we love do. a good difference of opinion very respectful yes discussion. i respect your opinion you better respect my i turn the, the part the podcast goes off i'm like jake what the fuck is that ranking <laughs> oh my gosh but those are our thoughts on Nope, and that kind of concludes this podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stay tuned. Yes. Next week, For we have our season, season finale, finale, our last episode with me and Abby sitting mm-hmm. next to each other. So sad. So sad. But we have more content coming your way. We're definitely going to keep going. Um, yeah. Any last final thoughts, Abby? Um. I'll I'll keep you guys updated on my cavity for sure. Definitely. <laughs> if you get it filled before next week, I need to know what happened with your cavity. I'm going to come right from getting it filled and be like, guess what? You better fill that cavity. <laughs> better bitch. fill, bitch. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.